Carlson, now Smith, he scores! Carlson between his own legs to Riley Smith. The Knights take a 4-1 lead. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Now at the other end, a drop pass to Claire. Oh my goodness! A glove saved by Hill! No way! No way! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, let's get into this. We've got the NHL Awards coming up, and what was the tweet that you saw? The last time a Stanley Cup champion was not up for any of the individual awards was in the 90s? Yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm trying to see. 1995 so, New Jersey Devils? So VGK Communications tweeted mm-hmm. out about two hours ago, with the NHL awards on Monday, worth noting that the 2023 Golden Knights are the first Stanley Cup champion without a regular season awards finalist since 1995, and wow. only the fifth in the modern era. So yeah, fifth. New Jersey Devils, 95. I'm more surprised that it's happened five times. Mm-hmm. That New Jersey Devils team was that was the height of the trap. Twitchy, just listening to it. That and that was weird too. That was a shortened season, nineteen ninety five lockout. Uh, yep, yeah. Work stoppage. If you're the National Hockey League, <laughs> 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 uh, different uh, different angles. Uh, yeah, yeah. Di- I guess it decides which side you're different on. Different verbiage, uh, <laughs> depending on uh, where you're coming from. Uh, the Rangers. Remember the the world was on. Fire with hockey euphoria when the Rangers won in 1994. That was really and then yeah. work stoppage, uh, and then the, you come back and the New Jersey Devils win from same metropolitan area, but you might as well have been to the moon when it came to <laughs> entertainment and and, uh, and notoriety and storylines and all that kind of stuff. But it it it, it was the start of the. Whether you want to talk about Scott Niedermeyer or uh, Marty Berdur, uh, there's great defensemen, Scott Stevens, um, some people that were uh, fantastic uh, on those Friend teams. of so, the show, Ken Danico. So 1995, the last time that a Stanley Cup champion goes to the NHL Awards and is not up for an individual trophy. Now, I'm not disputing this right now. I think Kelly McCrimmon should be or should have been included for the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award. You can certainly make a case that Bruce Cassidy should have been a finalist for the Coach of the Year. But the rest of it kind of played out to the Vegas Golden Knights identity. They didn't have a 30-goal score, uh, and there's depth, and they get by uh, on overwhelming depth. Next year, if Jack Eichel scores 40 and has 120 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might he might be uh, a finalist for for the Hart Trophy or 130 points, uh, something like that. Uh, but the rest of it, I can't argue with as far yeah, as I, the uh, finalists go. Yeah, I can't either. Um, I, I think that when we go through the the awards right now, we'll we'll kind of recognize that the the three names that are there in each individual award are are three names that are, are absolutely deserving to be there and should be there. But, you know, it, again, it just speaks to the Golden Knights and, and the way that they were built as a team to overwhelm you as a team and be better 
one through 12, one through six on the blue line and in goal. And they were that this year. How many finalists will they have next year because of <laughs> the notoriety and the exposure to this group going to and winning the Stanley Cup final? There might be that springboard to national attention off of what just happened. You know, I, I mean, I can see if Mark Stone is 100% healthy and, and plays 82 games, I could see Mark Stone in the hunt for the Selkie, 100%. I can see Jack Eichel it, think thought of a little bit more going into next year as a defensive forward as well. I think that there's an opportunity for Jack to be in a couple of different categories. You can throw Selkie in there. You could throw... Hart Trophy, depending on what kind of season he has. I, I think that that possibility is very real. And then you look at uh, Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore. Now that Theodore's won a Stanley Cup, Alex Petrangelo's got his second, and you're coming off of that 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 emotional high and riding that wave, I could absolutely see them kind of pushing their way into the Norris Trophy uh, hunt next year too. It, it depends on what they do inside of the year, but I think that there's you know a potential for four Vegas Golden Knights to be talked about or in the running for a couple of different trophies now i'm gonna throw a name in in this here and because you can't keep a secret a lot a lot would need to happen <laughs> like for starters he would have to make the team out of camp and he would have to produce the same way that he was able to produce in limited action but pavel durfeyev involved in the discussion for the calder i mean he produced at a very high level he did I think if he can make the team have that type of production, I think it would be hard. I mean, granted, there's going to be another big name probably in there, but if he can produce, I I, I think maybe he's a guy who could who could kind of slide in there for for consideration. I'll give Jack Eichel a head start on the Lady Bing Trophy. puts up a lot of points, doesn't take a lot of penalties. Uh, I I will put him in, in that category, but that. That could be an area next year because of the exposure from this run where the Golden Knights are able to capitalize and, and get their due. And we'll see whether that uh, that takes place from coaches and managers uh, right on down to the players. So let's get through it. Uh, we're going to uh, make uh, our selections one, two, three, based on the finalists. And then we will know Monday night who on this show has their finger on the pulse of the National Hockey League, uh, both the writers, because there's going to be some trying to get in the heads of the voters, not just who we think deserves to be one, two, three. You've got to read the tea leaves, uh, so to speak. So let's start with the Hart Trophy for MVP. We have the nominees being, and this is most valuable to his team, Stupid thing to say, but just be best player. Uh, Connor McDavid, David Pasternak, and Matthew Kachuk for the Hart Trophy. I will go first because this is my game. I don't want to. Okay. Well, I just I don't want to put fine. you guys in go a bad spot. Yeah. Connor, yeah, go for it. Connor is one, and David Pasternak is two, and Matthew Kachuk is three. What do you what about you there, Ryan? Um, I'm gonna go McDavid one. Oof. I'm gonna go Kachuk two, Pasternak three. Are you just doing that to try and separate yourself in the uh, 
in the voting process, like when it comes to divvying up the points? I I really like the okay. the year that Matthew Kachuk had. Now I, these especially these, with the voting was taking place before the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know you know that, but I just want everybody else. To yeah, know that. yeah. Right. I I like Kachuk there. I'll I'll, I'll go Kachuk to Pasta three, and and if I if I'm if I'm if I win it, then I I am, you know I I go past you, so that's good. Chapman, I'm with you, McDavid, Pasternak, Kachuk. Okay. Now the Ted Lindsay Award is voted on by the players, and that's the uh, MVP. And there's three different choices here when it comes to the uh, the nominees. You have McDavid and Pasternak, and then Eric Carlson of the San Jose Sharks. Chapman, let's go you first this time. I'm going to go McDavid, Carlson, Pasternak. Okay. Wallace? Ooh, um... Yeah, I'm going to go McDavid, Carlson, Pasternak, too. I, I like that. Okay, I'll go McDavid and Pasternak and then Carlson. All right. Um, for Norris Trophy, this is uh, this is going to be fascinating when the award is handed out. And I'll be very interested in how the the top three do finish because it's, it's very – you have very different – seasons by all three players, very different performances by all three teams in which employ these players. Uh, the nominees and the finalists are Adam Fox from the New York Rangers, former Norris Trophy winner, Eric Carlson from the San Jose Sharks, won the Norris Trophy a couple of times, Kale McCarr, the Colorado Avalanche, the reigning Norris Trophy winner. Ryan Wallace, you lead us out on the Norris. I'm going to go Eric Carlson, one, Adam Fox, two, Kale McCarr, three. Okay. Kale McCarr. Anything that uh, makes you go McCarr third? Um, I think the the he only played 60 games, um, and I think that that kind of lends into perhaps the, the nod for me with, with Adam Fox going ahead of him. Adam Fox. Uh, was as good, if not better, than than the year that he won the Norris. So I just think that when you look at everything in totality, um, Adam Fox was fantastic. I, I put him ahead of Kale McCarr. Eric Carlson, I have as winning the Norris Trophy, even not making the playoffs. Uh, and that follows in recent history. Adam Fox won his Norris when they didn't make the playoffs. I'm going to put him second uh, because he is uh, brilliant, and he comes from that media market uh, that we know, that we love, that we uh, enjoy in New York, and then Kale McCarr, because of the injuries, is is third. Oh, Chapman, give us your Norris. I'm going to go Eric Carlson, Adam Fox, and Kale McCarr, and I go Fox second over McCarr because I feel like you could kind of make the case that McCarr's there on reputation. Like, I think there's guys, defensemen, who had better seasons than Kale McCarr. Josh Morrissey, a guy, comes to mind. Uh, Quinn Hughes comes to mind. So... I feel like McCarr probably shouldn't even have been a finalist for this award, so I'm going to put him third. Chapman and I have a lot going together here. It's not surprising mm-hmm. given the chemistry yeah, that, wavelength. Uh, that we have, right? Like this this yep. mind melt that comes uh, between Chapman and Millard. Uh, the Vesna Trophy for the goaltender of the year, and it's uh, voted on by the general managers. Now, the general managers have traditionally gone with a win-based Formula, 
rely heavily on the most wins. The nominees this year, Linus Allmark, most wins. Uh, Ilya Sorokin <laughs> and Connor Hellebuck. Ilya Sorokin, New York Islanders, and Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, my turn to go first, uh, Linus Allmark of the Boston Bruins. And there's tons of news about Boston or speculation about what's going to happen with the Boston Bruins. And I, I've heard, actually, uh, a trade scenario between Boston and Winnipeg where Hellebuck ends up in Boston. Pure speculation, but uh, I thought I'd throw it out there because Chapman told me during the commercial break, and I, and I, and I don't uh, keep anything a secret uh, when it comes to Chapman. No, I'm going to go uh, Linus Allmark and then uh, uh, Ilya Sorokin and Connor Hellebuck. It really close between those two as far as uh, the order. Uh, you could flip-flop that, but it's a clear winner uh, with Linus Allmark of the Boston Bruins. Let's go next with Ryan Wallace. All right, I'm going Linus Olmark, number one, Connor Hellebuck, two, Ilya Sorokin, three. Okay. Wallace uh, is uh, going against uh, what I thought. What about you, Chapman? I like Olmark. I think he wins it. It's a coin flip for me for second. So we're on the same wavelength there? Yeah, so I'll go Sorokin and then Hellebuck. Again? Third. Yeah. Again? Stand on your own, man. No. Hey, I, I pick third. I mean, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm, no, I'm not gonna, no, even I'm, when you haven't picked third, when when uh, for the Ted Lindsay, uh, you, you were first. Uh, you and I just, uh, yeah. there's, there's like, a not gonna I'm not going to go crazy and you say guys, Sorokin's going to win the thing. I mean, it's all Mark. And then, Calder yeah. Memorial Good. Trophy, representative of the best first-year player in the National Hockey League, best rookie uh, in the NHL, Matty Beneers from the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Owen Power, first overall pick uh, from the Buffalo Sabres, first overall a couple of years ago, played a year of college and then turned pro. And then Stuart Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers. Remember, it was Stuart Skinner who was the Pacific Division partner, goaltending partner of Logan Thompson at the uh, NHL All-Star Weekend in Florida, which tells you if Logan Thompson could have stayed healthy, this might have been the best chance for a Vegas Golden Knight to be up for a, a year-end award. But Stuart Skinner, Owen Power, and Matty Beneers. Uh, let's go Ryan Wallace. All right, I'm going Matty Beneers to win it. Stuart Skinner, second place, Owen Power, third. Owen Power, third, eh? Mm. Yeah. I think uh, that guy's going to be a stud. I do, too. And it's time for Buffalo. To start going, this is uh, Have to. this next couple of weeks is going to be pretty important to them. Let's see which uh, which direction they go as far as contending, not just getting a little bit better. So this is where the pressure starts on the likes of uh, their managers and uh, their coaches and their scouting staff to really start uh, putting this thing uh, together and gaining some momentum. Uh, Chapman. Who's your Vesna Trophy? Or sorry, Calder. Yeah, your uh, Calder. I'm gonna go with Maddie Beniers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner. All right, I'm going the exact same way: Beniers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner. Well done, Chapman. How I think, about that? I think I think you got a winner there. I, I hope do. so. I hope so. I, I think you got a real winner. Um, Jack Adams Award is the, for the Coach of the Year. Seattle Kraken's Dave Hackstall, best. Second year performance by an NHL team. In their second year of existence, nobody performed better than the Seattle Kraken. 
they beat the Vegas Golden Knights second year. Uh, that's how good the Kraken were in their sophomore campaign. Then you had Jim Montgomery, the best regular season ever, mm-hmm. all time, in the National Hockey League. And then Lindy Ruff, he should really get this for best rebound because they were firing Lindy uh, and chanting fire Lindy <laughs> uh, in the first weekend of the season. And then they said, thank you, Lindy, uh, about uh, three weeks later, uh, the crowd with the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I, uh, I think this is pretty obvious, the order uh, of this, but let's see where Chapman goes. Well, this is probably the first one where we may not agree. We may we may go different directions here. I'm gonna go with Lindy Ruff. Wow, winning the Jack Adams Award. the The fact that the Devils stunk two years ago, and they ended up with what 109 points this season, second in in their division, third overall in the East. Again, you kind of alluded to maybe Lifetime Achievement Award. Lindy, a good guy, relatively well-liked. Like Jim Montgomery, great story. Like the, the the fact that he's done what he did with his second chance in the NHL, and, and it's a great story. But I think Lindy's going to get number one. I'll go Jim Montgomery, two, and Dave Haxtall, three. Hmm. Didn't expect that. Little little uh, home cooking from me as well. Wallace. So I I tend to agree somewhat with with Chapman that you know sometimes with the uh, with the coach of the year we're looking at biggest improvement or best improvement or whatever team is surprised to get into the postseason perhaps that's the direction that you go which would lean me toward going Dave Haxtall but I'm not overthinking this one the Boston Bruins had 65 wins we're talking coach of the year the the the, the coach on the best team in the regular season should win this award. So I'm going Jim Montgomery, number one. I'm going to go Dave Haxtall ahead of Lindy Ruff, number two, and then I'll put Ruff three. Yeah, I, I thought this was a no-brainer. The, one of the easiest ones to sort out, and I thought it would be the closest to, I thought we would have really a All unanimous decision uh, here. Out Chapman ruined that right off the bat. But <laughs> Montgomery's a no-brainer when you set the record. And Haxtell's performance in Seattle getting them back in is great. And I, I think the team that most expectations were on at the start of the season was Lindy. I thought they had the best roster out of the three, and they should have been there, and they should have had a good year. And if nothing else, he kind of just lived up to his end, and there's a surprise factor or overachieving factor uh, to the to the Jack Adams Award, which means that uh, that he did he just met expectations. The other two overcame them. It, I yeah. will say this: when it comes to the Jack Adams Award, uh, which is given annually to the coach in the NHL who has contributed the most to his team success overcomplicating thing. Uh, it, it's, it's voted on by NHL broadcasters association. There's been some misses in this before mm. and it tends, people do tend to overthink this more than it goes. Like John Cooper, I, I John Cooper should have been a multi coach of the year mm-hmm. in the national mm-hmm. hockey league. And, didn't win it, and I don't. I don't know how he didn't win it when they had their unbelievable. Was was that nineteen 
Uh, they had the the crazy had, season, or, or, or well, I think 20. it was it was the Golden Knights' first year, right? Where they yeah. they set the record for the most points, points in a season, and then they got swept by the Blue Jackets. And then yeah, and so uh, and 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 Gerard was Gerard was a great coach. Yeah, Gerard did mm-hmm. a great job there. But like, and 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 that came out of nowhere, and it was part of the uh, the storyline, which which people bought into. But there, there's the fact that John Cooper doesn't have a bunch of these. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether he mm-hmm. has one. Uh, to be honest. Uh, uh, I don't think he does. Uh, so, uh, and, and I've I've talked to John about this, and it bugged him because, mm-hmm. like, why why can't he win? Uh, now he wouldn't trade it for his back to back Stanley <laughs> Cups, but it's like so so this just because this looks obvious, uh, don't uh, hold all tickets before uh, before you cash this one. Then the right. Selkie Award uh, given annually to the forward. Voted best to excel in the defensive aspects of the game, but you still need to put up points. All right? It's just mm-hmm. not going out and being a shutdown person. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, multi-Selkie trophy winner. Nico Heischer and Mitch Marner, who has gained a lot of traction through the Toronto media. And I will I will put the Toronto media in here for getting Mitch Marner on the radar uh, from this. Uh, let's go uh, here with... Mm. Brian Wallace. Oh man, I, I I was trying not to raise my hand here. Um, <laughs> I I'm really torn on this one. I I I don't believe that Mitch Marner is going to win the Selkie. So I'm I'm trying to determine if I believe that Nico Heischer will win out over Patrice Bergeron potentially in Patrice Bergeron's final season. We don't know that for sure. Not sure if he's going to come back next year, but considering the fact that this is pretty much Patrice Bergeron's trophy to lose, I'm going to go Bergeron, Heischer, Marner. Okay, I went Bergeron, Marner, Heischer based on the Toronto factor. That's where yeah. I'm trying to read the the tea leaves and get inside the the voting people. Uh, Bergeron, Marner, and Heischer for me, and you went Heischer second, and then Marner. Uh, what about you, Chad? Yeah. Well, I'll preface by saying if I had a vote, I would you have voted, I would have voted for Mitch Marner. <laughs> the guy put up nearly 100 points, had a really good defensive season. He should win the award. He's not going to. Patrice Bergeron's going to win the award. I think Mitch Marner finishes second and I think Nico Heischer finishes third. Another one where Chapman and I agree. This is awesome. <laughs> and we didn't even script this. No, no. Uh, do you want the Lady Bing? Sure. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Could could play a role in who wins. It's very true. Lady Bing, Jack Hughes, New Jersey Devils, Andy Kopitar, L.A. Kings, and Braden Point of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Mm-hmm. Chapman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Kopitar. Genuinely well-liked, good guy. I think he wins it. I think Jack Hughes will finish second, and I think Braden Point finishes third. Okay. Wallace. Uh, okay. Um, Braden Point had a fighting major. So he's absolutely <laughs> going to be third on my ballot. Um, I am going, oh, man, like Andre Kopitar had four penalty minutes. Jack Hughes had six penalty minutes and 99 points. I like Jack Hughes here. I'm going Jack Hughes one, Andre Kopitar two, and a distant, distant, distant third by way of that fighting major, Braden Point. Now I want I want Point to win it because of that fighting major. <laughs> how many no. point? How many penalty minutes did Point end up with? 
He had seven. So he took one minor penalty right. and a five and a, <laughs> and a fighting major. It's phenomenal. Okay. I ask you that knowing the answer because it yeah. leads me to my, my selection. One minor penalty. And I don't, remember, I don't remember the fight. It could have been one of those where I, I remember just, it. they just get tossed off. I, I, I don't. So I'm going Braden Point <laughs> to win. Okay. And then Andy Kopitar. And then the New Jersey Jack Devil Hughes. in Jack Hughes. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was a, a situation where um, he fought Mikey Essimont, which yeah. is really funny because they then traded for yeah, Essimont the at the right? at the yeah at the at the trade <laughs> deadline, which was phenomenal. But you know, again, I it's a fighting major. Like I, I I'm I'm with you. I hear you. You're talking about 51 goals and and just one minor penalty. I, I, I'm not mad at it, but I just I think it's funny that he has a fighting major, and he's uh, he's he's a finalist for the Lady Bing. It's just it's just funny. It's well, just it's funny. just uh, because I'm I'm writing this stuff down. You took Hughes to win. Or yeah, I got okay. Hughes, okay. Kopitar, and Point. Good. Just wanted to make sure that I'm uh, I'm tracking this correctly. And the Jim Gregory General Manager of the Year Award. And this one is uh, voted on by a panel of NHL executives. And print and broadcast media. I used to get to vote on this all the time. Hmm. And it was funny. I was wrong every time I voted on it. <laughs> yeah. So you pick first. So yes. it, 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 it was the funniest yes, thing. Please. I used to I used to uh, uh, phone or I'd normally I'd text Colin Campbell. And I would say, like, do you even put my, my votes in? It's like, yeah, what do you mean? I'm like, because I'm always wrong every year. Like, <laughs> my guy never, ever wins this thing. And there's, there's, it's probably not the biggest, probably is the, actually the, the most different voters uh, casting their ballots on, on this. So there's a really wide range uh, of people coming at this. The finalists from the Dallas Stars, Jim Neal, who reached the Western Conference final. Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins, record-setting regular season, lost in the first round. To the third finalist, Bill Zito, who just barely snuck in to the playoffs, but reached the Stanley Cup final after making some huge changes to his organization in the offseason, both players and with the coaching staff. I am going to go, uh, when it comes to the winner in Don Sweeney, because of the absolute uh, juggernaut that they put in. Bill Zito, it, this is the other end of the spectrum. They had a terrible regular season, but he <laughs> he looked to the future and made some really hard changes and made a big trade. I like what, uh, what he did, even though it didn't impact the regular season. And then Jim Neal, who really got nominated because of his uh, 2017 draft in which his first three picks are, are organizational changing uh, with Rupert Hintz and uh, uh, Jake Ottinger and, uh, and company. So uh, that's where I'm going for manager of the year. Wallace. Hmm. Okay. Um, because you do take into account when it comes to this, um, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, Just the first round. Yeah, sure. I, I think that that's going to have some weight here. And I could be completely wrong, but given the fact that you always get this wrong, I feel pretty confident in this. That is a fact. I'm going Bill 
Yeah, I'm going Bill Zito number one. I'm going Jim Nil two, and I'm going Don Sweeney three. Hmm. I think the flame out in the in the first round for the for the Bruins hurts Don Sweeney. And you look at Bill Zito, the biggest move in the offseason was Bill Bill Zito going out there and getting Matthew Kachuk, and Matthew Kachuk was an absolute game changer for them in that first round series. I think that pushes Bill Zito over the top. I think Bill's fairly accommodating to the media too. But that, that if, if I was going to go by accommodating, I would go Jim Nill, Bill Zito, and Sweeney. Uh, those three guys. Uh, that's who I've, I've talked to the, the most uh, over the years. And when you're talking about broadcasters, we all love who we love. <laughs> and when we have <laughs> these true. these crazy bias, like, he's a great guy. He's my friend. I love him. I follow into that same category. Uh, Chapman, who are you going with, uh, General Manager of the Year? I'm going to go with Ryan. In that, I think he's not eligible. I think, yeah, you should be, Ryan. I think Bill Zito is going to win based on the fact that Boston did flame out the bold moves that Bill Zito made over the summer leading into the season. Coaching change, too, right? Yes, coaching change. Mm -hmm. A team that won the President's Trophy just two years ago um, barely got in, but when they were healthy, they were a really good team. I think Sweeney will finish second, and I think Jim Neal will finish third. So, all three finalists make coaching changes. I think you can make a case for all three of them winning it, too. I mean, maybe more so than any of the other awards. No, no, not a chance. Jim <laughs> Neal's not winning this award. I love Jim Yeah, Neal. I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. I, I, Jim and I are friends. <laughs> I, 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 I consider Jim a, a friend, and there's no chance he's winning this <laughs> He would award. even tell you he doesn't belong, right? But... <laughs> Then again, he probably will win it based on my uh, your track record, my level <laughs> of uh, success when it when it comes to this. So we we are going to give a vote five points for a first place for a correct first place, three points for a correct second place, mm-hmm. and one point for a correct third place. So if you get all three right, you will end up with nine points. You guys okay with that? Yeah, I think that's yep. fair. All yeah. right. And we'll see how we do. Now, Ryan, did Tuesday. you? I don't trust this guy. So, did you keep notes? Yeah, I got everything. Okay. What do you mean you don't trust? Well, me? Well, there might be some some manipulations made. You can't read that. Oh my God, no! I don't even know where I'm supposed to be looking. It's awesome. You know what it looks like? It looks like when someone writes in code. Yeah. Like that's exactly what his notepad looks like. There's no way you're breaking my code. No, there's no way. No. no. You're like. And that's if you're on my side. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to send you a code. Do you imagine me giving you like the the code? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I once, had, I once when, when I was playing baseball as a kid, uh, I was apparently supposed to be stealing second, and I didn't do it. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. And I finally got to third, and our manager, one of the dads uh, on the team, was like, "Hey, do you know the steal sign?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's this." He's like, "Then why weren't you stealing?" I'm like, "Because you were doing some other stuff before." He's like, "Well, I I was just trying to make sure that you weren't." catching on but that was the steel sign I'm like oh i thought you were supposed to do it first <laughs> wow oh boy. oh boy oh boy goodness gracious uh, well now we know why you played hockey not baseball yeah, exactly yeah 100 percent. percent. and, and t- trying to tell me to steal is dumb you're slow like, even before i had the bad hip <laughs> i was slow 
<laughs> sundial tracking me down. Uh, those are some uh, fun uh, exercises when it comes to uh, trying to predict uh, the National Hockey League Award. So we've got news and notes coming up. Uh, one-timers in the National Hockey League uh, give you an inside look at some of this Boston Bruins gossip on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for One-Timers. One-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. Hey, when you check out the NHL awards and then the National Hockey League draft next week, uh, I hope you're a country music fan because there is a long list of concerts that are going to take place outside Bridgestone Arena and then inside during the National Hockey League awards. It's going to be fun. Dirk Bentley is hosting it and uh, looking forward to a lot of uh, different uh representation taking place there. Winnipeg Jets, so we're keeping an eye on uh, that hockey club. Uh, Vegas familiar because of the first round opposition and you could say uh, they gave Vegas its biggest push. It wasn't uh, in number of games but it was in the sense that Winnipeg was the only club that had a series lead on Vegas the entire Stanley Cup playoffs and through the first four periods, Winnipeg was was really good but uh, they ran out of gas and now we're looking at different changes uh, to the Winnipeg Jets nucleus. Uh, There's discussion because Connor Hellebuck is eligible for a contract extension on July 1st. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether he gets it. I'm leaning towards no and then they will move him prior to the season and try to max out uh, and give the team an extra year before uh, he becomes a free agent and maybe they resign him. So I think Hellebuck is gone, and then is there a buyout for Blake Wheeler on the way? There's pros and cons to buyout. Uh, I, like, I was surprised at what Arizona did with the buyouts this week, Zach Cassian yeah. among them, uh, because it just it's good on the short term, but it does give you a bit of uh, issues on the on the back end. And why would why would Arizona like if if you're going to be bad, you're going to be bad. Um, uh, why would they do that? But uh, but this might be one where there just needs to be a change of uh, the room, change in the room uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. They took away the captaincy of Blake Wheeler last year. Uh, we heard what he said uh, following the playoff loss uh, and uh, and what he had to say about Rick Bonus, his head coach, and the tough comments there. Uh, if they can't find a trade partner for Blake Wheeler, I think that they will go down the bio path, and this is a team that doesn't do a lot of that. Uh, small market team, small building, uh, smallest in the National Hockey League outside of Arizona. I think that uh, that Blake Wheeler's done in Winnipeg. It's just mm-hmm. whether or not they, they trade him or whether they buy him out, and I think that Connor Hellebuck is also going to be on the move. And the team that I'm hearing in connection to Connor Hellebuck, well, there's a couple of them. One is Boston. And whether or not Vegas would do a deal with the Bruins for Jeremy Swayman, who's a restrictor free agent. And you might be able to do something in that regard. And then Allmark also moves out. So Boston would go with Connor Hellebuck as their goaltender. And that would be a complete change in in the Boston Bruin net mining from a year ago. The other team uh, that's gaining a lot of traction is... The Carolina Hurricanes, both their goaltenders uh, last year, the two NHL guys, uh, yep. 
are not on a contract. Seeing a lot of uh, indications that Carolina is interested in uh, Connor Hellebuck. And the, the third one is the New Jersey Devils and whether or not they they could they could make it work. But uh, Hellebuck is definitely right now in play. If Kevin Chevalier not shopping him, he's getting a lot of calls about him. Okay, so can you can you just and and I mean be as you know if you can't, that's fine. Hellebuck to Boston and both Swayman and Olmark out? Well Swayman would go back to Swayman Winnipeg. Swayman would go back to, to Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. And then you and then then you make a you make a because that's then then you're upwards of like 11 million 12 million in goaltending you don't want that uh-huh. Hellebuck plays a ton anyway sure. uh, so you move him somewhere else get back a capable backup you save some money and and maybe you you fortify uh up front uh with with, with the Boston Bros it's it's actually not on the surface it mm-hmm. seems like a bold move sure you dig into it it it's pretty easy to to come up with and it's a great trade for winnipeg because they get back jeremy swayman uh mm-hmm. and they make actually acquire uh, a player that uh that has some term left on it so it'd be it'd be uh, maybe a couple of skaters for for a vezina trophy winner and and if they can free up allmark who was great this year and should win the vezina but there's not as much of a track record as Hellebuck. Um, I, I think there's some real possibilities to that. The other ones are, are filling a void. Yeah. The Hellebuck it, to Boston one is mm-hmm. is a real hockey trade. It, it is. Now, I, like if I'm either New Jersey or Carolina, I move heaven and earth to get Connor Hellebuck. I, I just do it. Like maybe – it's tough for me because I, I. It depends on what you believe in Akira Schmidt. If you think that he's the future in New Jersey, um, same thing could be said for uh, for Pyotr Kochetkov, and whether or not you think he's ready to take that step. If you're the Carolina Hurricanes, but I, I mean, when you look at Carolina and where they were at, and it's Freddie Anderson played really well in the Eastern Conference Final. I still think that the bigger issues for Carolina is that they need somebody that can score goals when it gets hard to score goals. Um, but if I'm the New Jersey Devils, I'm taking a hard, hard run at Connor Hellebuck. Here's the issue. Winnipeg needs a goalie. That's where the yeah, Boston well, deal that's, problem. that's where the Boston deal makes the most sense. From up here, Hellebuck going to a team. Yeah. It's Carolina, New Jersey. Yeah, for but sure. From the Winnipeg perspective, the Boston deal makes them a really that that lends itself to more of a reload not rebuild would Kochekov not move the needle there I don't know yeah I, I don't know whether it's 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 enough and I don't know quite honestly whether Carolina gives him up sure that's fair uh, the uh, American Hockey League called their cup uh, season ended Hershey Bears uh, congratulations winning in overtime down 2 nothing, and they mm-hmm. give up a breakaway in game 7 and come back and beat uh, Coachella in Game 7 of the Calder Cup uh, playoffs. So Hershey wins Coachella Valley, the Firebirds, uh, the farm team of the uh, Seattle Kraken, are uh, the uh, uh, finalists in the American Hockey League. And I love watching the American Hockey League. And they, it is a mini like uh, National Hockey League, and they do so many different things the same, including that team picture on the ice. 
which uh, which had me smiling uh, ear to ear watching watching those guys uh, go through it. Uh, we're watching the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. Hmm. And what's like what's going to happen with Sheldon Keefe? Right. Is but- is that going to be a change, or do you think now when when Brad Treliving took over the Calgary Flames, he had a decision to make on Bob Hartley. He kept him. Hartley ended up winning Coach of the Year. It wasn't a long. I think he was gone after two years. But that first year, uh, he won won Coach of the Year. So Brad's been through this before, and he's had to make these tough decisions. I think Keith sticks around. Where are you on this as we work our way into the offseason? Part of me feels like if if Keefe was was going to be gone, it, it would have happened by now. And and I just get the sense that you know if, if you're Brad Tree Living, you you know what the records have been in the regular season for the Toronto Maple Leafs under Shel- Sheldon Keefe, and and I think that he sticks around at, at least for next season, and then beyond that, who knows? I like the fact that Brad's taking his time. I just still don't know whether it guarantees them to stick around, but uh, but I but I think it will. And congratulations to the Golden Knights, uh, who earned a couple of uh, SB nominations for Best mm-hmm. NHL Team and Best uh, NHL Forward in Jonathan Marchessault uh, for that uh, that award uh, presentation uh, that's coming up. Uh, those are your one timers news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Catching up with Chapman's next. <laughs> When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So earlier in the show, you talked about the length of the first round of the draft and then how fast rounds two through seven go on day number two. Uh, I'm just glad it's not like 1974 where there were many, many more rounds than just the seven. And one guy who was fed up with the slow draft process was the Sabres. Sabres general manager Punch Imlac and he was so fed up with how slow it was going that he drafted a fake player made up a guy from the Japanese league named Taro Sujimoto became an urban legend in Japan uh the hoax was created deliberately out of a out of just a time wasting process but the player obviously did not exist and this was pre-internet. People couldn't look it up. And the name Sujimoto actually came from uh, PR director Paul Wayland, who used to drive from Buffalo to St. Bonaventure. And there was a store that he would pass called Sujimoto. So it stuck in his head. And he actually called the family to ask if he could use the name Sujimoto in a Sabres promotion. Didn't tell him what. But uh, many, many years later, Japanese goalie Yutaka Fukufuji of the LA Kings became the first real Japanese player to play in the NHL. But the legend of Taro Sujimoto lives on in Western New York. One of my favorite stories about the NHL. And uh, one of those things that when you hear it, you're like, I can't believe this happened. By the way, two players who what won. What year was that? 1974. Right. Two players who won the Stanley Cup were actually drafted after Taro Sujimoto. Stefan Pearson, who won four Stanley Cups with the Islanders, and Dave Lumley, who won multiple Cups with the Edmonton Oilers, and those two guys actually played each other in the 1990, sorry, 1983 Stanley Cup uh, final. All right, so there is a lot. I don't know how many teams in, in, uh, in 1974. 15, 2, 4, 6, 8, 16 teams. 
you the same number of picks were made. Like it's still a slow process. 32, they, they had more rounds, but <laughs> there's actually a shorter draft than today's draft Don't is. Don't tell that to me. Tell Punch Imlac okay. that. <laughs> punch, punch a legend, Hall of Famer, awesome stuff, great guy. Um, that didn't work out well for him. <laughs> the Sabres well, have, name, like, the same, the Sabres like have never won. Yeah. Yeah. And you didn't really get your pound of flesh out of it. <laughs> With a name like Punch, patience is not a virtue. No. Uh, good stuff there on Catching Up with Chapman. We'll be back next week as we work our way through the NHL Awards and the National Hockey League Draft on Fox Sports Las Vegas.